0: Hello everyone, I am Patrick Beja and this is the Phyllis Club. But it's not the regular news show panel that we have every month. It's a special episode entitled Islam for Dummies. Hello and welcome everyone to the Phileas Club uh, special uh, episode. This is the first ever special uh, episode we do and it's entitled Islam for Islam for Dummies. The, the aim and the point of this episode is to talk about uh, things that you might know already but things that some others might not. And uh, basically ask the most stupid, silly, idiotic questions about uh, Muslims in general and the islam uh islamic religion to hopefully learn a few things uh, in in um about about this i'm not being clear at all but that's fine because i have uh, two guests <laughs> who are going to be absolutely crystal crystal clear and that's uh first of all turkey that people might uh suspect that you're going to be on this show uh, how are you doing turkey
1: i'm fine and Thanks for this great show, because I already know that all you Westerners are idiots and dummies, so I'm glad to help you out. (laughs) Way to start this
0: show and making friends. Thank you. I wouldn't expect any less from you. And uh, so we also have a uh, great uh, person representing the U.S., and more specifically, those crazy Mormons in Utah. And that's, of (laughs) course, uh, Scott Johnson. How are you doing, Scott?
2: I'm well, Patrick. Thanks for having me. It's
0: always a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Um, Scott, I know you don't have a, a lot of time, so I already managed to insult you and your faith uh, once. So I'm going to leave it at that and uh, right. just just launch into the, the show itself with the first question, which I'm not sure anyone uh, here except for Turkey. So either Scott or me could answer, which is where does Islam uh, come from? In the first place, uh, can you do us a, a quick summary of uh, Islam's Islam's origin in 15 words of, or less? Turkey, go.
1: Uh, basically, Islam was uh, brought uh, by Prophet Muhammad in the year, uh, I'm not sure exactly, around 600 A.D., and it came into the uh, in Mecca where the Arabs are, and. <clears throat> it's based on the, both religions of Judaism and Christianity, which is, Islam is considered the completion of the word of God of those two religions, and the final prophet is Muhammad. So that's basically
0: it. So what you're saying is that um, Muslims were uh, maybe uh, Jews who became Christians who then became Muslims. No, uh, Muslims uh, mostly, uh,
1: especially in the Arab world, they were uh, pagans. They worshipped uh,
0: stones and stuff like that. They didn't actually. Uh, they weren't Christians. Right, but I mean, from the religion standpoint, uh, Muhammad is the last prophet. Yeah, Uh, from a religious
1: point of view, Islam is a completion of of God's religion, which starts with Judaism, moved on to Christianity, and the final message is Islam, which abolished the other two, and Islam is the completion of that faith. So do you follow...
2: Oh, sorry. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, what is it? Where I, I assume this is in scripture, but where is it that's stated, or why is it stated that Muhammad is the last prophet? No, no other prophets. Nobody, nobody gets to carry the torch from him on. How's, yeah, how's that work?
1: it? Yeah, it says that he was. The, he's the last prophet. Basically, it said that because the judgment day is so close at that time that it's it's uh, in uh, in the his, history span of humans, doomsday is near. And there's no more
0: need for any prophets, and Muhammad is the final prophet. So is it like in Christianity, the uh, you know, Jesus Christ is supposed to come back, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at some point? And uh, do, is he going to announce the rapture? Is that, you know, he's going to make Judgment Day when he comes back, or is that a little bit later? Scott? Uh,
2: I- oh, from me? Yeah. Uh, well, the 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 general Christianity point of view is that at some point, not known to any one man as far as anyone knows, Christ is supposed to return a second time, and uh, uh, you know, as far de- determining it the rapture, I think that's more a Catholicism kind of thing. Okay. But uh, and so I don't exactly know what all that means, but but yeah, that's the general point of view of most. Protestant and traditional Christians and So then, and- my
0: my question is: uh, since Islam takes its root in Christianity, is it is is Muhammad? Can Muhammad uh, be seen as, you know, when when Jesus uh, died, he, it was said that he was going to come back. Is is it is Muhammad some sort of Christic uh, figure? that is the the continuation really of of uh, Christianity or is he more uh, the prophet that came along and said okay that's you know we were a little bit mistaken but this is what is going to happen now and it's a, a shift in the in the religion actually muhammad it's more of a continuation
1: in his views of uh Christ, because even Muslims do believe that uh, Jesus is gonna come from heaven down he will fight with the good people against the bad and the devil and uh, Antichrist he'll fight Antichrist and he's gonna win and then there's gonna be uh, his great uh, kingdom for a few years before his death because Muslims don't believe that uh, Jesus is dead they believe he was never crucified he was actually Uh, raised
0: to the heaven, where he's waiting for the day where he returns to earth. So this is sort of important. Uh, You're saying that Muslims believe in Jesus Christ and his return.
1: They believe in Jesus Christ as a prophet of God, and they do believe he's raised in heaven and waiting for the day where he returns and unites all of the followers uh, under his banner against the Antichrist and his followers.
2: Okay. That is totally news to me. I had no idea. So, Very interesting. Go. First, oh, see, we're all learning yeah. something. Here we go.
0: <laughs> um, a second, second question I would have is who wrote the Quran, uh, the holy book of, of uh, the Islam re- uh, religion?
1: Well, uh, according, according to the Islamic faith, the Quran is actually the word of God. So it was God who recited it to the angel Gabriel who is the messenger of God to the Prophet Muhammad, and Gabriel would uh, recite it to Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad memorized it, and then he uh, recites it to his followers, and then his followers wrote it down at the same time that he was reciting it.
0: Okay, so it's not like like the Bible that was written by um, uh, the, the apostles... Uh, right. I'm not. I'm. I'm always afraid I'm going to say something stupid. But if well, I do, basically the uh,
1: the difference is the Bible has been written after the death of Christ. Right. A uh, hundred years later. So uh, the Quran is the was written during the days of the Prophet. However, there were the it was united in one version uh during the second Khalifa. second, uh, sorry, the third Khalifa, ruled the Islamic world.
0: Okay, and. So then who is Muhammad uh, is he you're saying he's the prophet so he's not a son of God or, or anything like that He's just a, a guy a a, hum, a, a, a man who got a calling and uh, became a prophet, but he's not divine uh, himself, is he?
1: Yes, yes. We do believe that he's just a human being, regular human, who was given uh, the divine power or uh, will of God to be his messenger to man. And the same thing we believe about all the former prophets in both Christianity and Judaism. We believe Moses was a prophet. We need to, Jesus was a prophet of God. They were all humans, and they were all the prophets of God.
0: Okay. I had a thought right here that might be a little bit blasphemous, but uh, I, I want to ask the question because uh, it might tell us something about Islam too. When you said he was a regular man who was given divine power, I was tempted to say, wow, like a superhero or something like that.
1: Well, well, well actually, that, that, that I, didn't, I wasn't supposed to say that. We do believe Jesus was given divine power okay. for, as a prophet. God, Muhammad was never given a divine power for his
0: prophecy. So just divine inspiration? Yeah, just divine inspiration and the and, uh, word of God. Okay. So if I had said, uh, which I did not, uh, wow, like a superhero, would that be considered blasphemous and would I be in trouble for saying it? <laughs> oh, well, it really comes down to who you're speaking.
1: And uh, Prophet Muhammad is a very sensitive subject to the Islamic world, as you know. So it really comes down to who you speak and it really comes down on how you say it. Okay. If I say it like right. this,
0: like having fun and joking and not, being, not trying to be insulting.
1: Uh, depends on who you're talking to. Okay. If you talk to a religious, very religious person, you make it joking, it's really an insult because you're not supposed to joke about the prophet.
2: I see. So I got a question that from, based on that. <clears throat> um, this idea of, of things being sacred to a, to a certain person or, or people... It's not, uh, not new to me. I understand it. Um, and the sacredness of certain things is sort of like, you know, you, you wouldn't, uh, um, you know, walk into a, a Christian church and, you know, make fun of the crucifixion. It would be, you know, people would be offended by that. My question is, when people, let's say, you know, this is a big controversy about the Dutch cartoon where they depicted the prophet Muhammad and that's forbidden to, to, to create any sort of depictions of him. And this is something that's run through an episode of South park. And, you know, I, you just seen it come up and here and there in different places. And, um, it seems like there's this crazy range of people who are faithful, but sort of, you know, this sort of thing offends them, but they're sort of like, well, okay, I can't really control that guy. So I'm just going to, you know, I'll just continue in my faith. And then it ranges all the way up to the other extreme, which is, I can't believe they drew this cartoon. There is now a death threat out to that cartoonist. Um, which brings me to the greater question is that that seems to say to me that there are lots and lots of versions of Islamic faith that they all have the same base uh you know system of beliefs but because it's a t- sort of technically unorganized religion or a religion where organization comes in small pockets um at least that's my impression there is no central church for example
0: yeah uh, there's, actually, no, there's
2: no there's no pope there's no uh, like in the Mormon faith, there's you know the quorum of the twelve apostles or the president of the church um that that sort of thing there doesn't seem to be in kind of central uh, control. so in that in that way, I- am I right in seeing or assuming that there are, that the range of offense can a- also do with the range of of particular slants in the belief system?
1: yeah, uh, that's that's actually t- correct. and actually in Islam in the Sunni part of the Islamic faith, which is the majority of Muslims, it's forbidden to have a centralized religious authority. It's against Islamic law. Uh, Islam, in general, adds its basics. It's supposed You're supposed to understand it, and you're supposed to learn it by yourself. You can ask for advice from a religious person, but you're not supposed to follow them blindly, because you have your own mind to think about it. And the way people react, for example, about the cartoons, uh, like every single Muslim was offended, uh, the reaction differed, and 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 it's more not about the prophet, the offensive. It's that they felt it was an attack against them as uh, Muslims, as uh, Arabs, as as general. This is just the whole controversy about the anti-terrorism and ter- war against terrorists. So it's a very complicated thing, and you really find different people reacting different ways. However, the majority did get offended majority that decided to do something about it. And what some people might not, not know, actually, is uh, it's not only about the Prophet Muhammad. Muslims do get offended, and they consider it a sin to even draw or make fun of the Jesus or Moses or any of the other prophets. They're considered very holy people that you're not supposed to draw or imagine or anything, because they are on a level that they're not equal to us, and we shouldn't try to make them to, uh, to our level. So is, is, it's
0: a question of respect, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's a question of respect. It's just that we believe that nobody can reach their level and that nobody can act like them. Nobody can look like them because they were God's prophets. It's out of respect for them. We are not allowed to draw them or make actors playing plays as them mm. and so on. And this for all the prophets, as I mentioned.
2: Now, in, uh, in, in Washington, D.C., this brings up another interesting thing, and I hadn't thought about this before, but in D.C., there's, there's depictions of various world leaders from different time periods who were thought to be very influential and very uh, crucial to the peace of, of certain people or uh, to the growth of a certain nation or whatever. And one of these statues that was erected many, I don't know how long ago, 100, 150 years ago or something, was uh, there was a statue erected of, of Muhammad. And my understanding is that it still stands. It's in. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's. I think it's in the. I want to say it's in the in the Supreme Court building or something. But anyway, there was a big controversy about having to take that down because it depicts the prophet. And my question is, in cases where they are doing something out of respect, this this depiction of the prophet is is was created wholly out of out of sort of respect and memory of. This great man slash prophet uh, who walked the earth and was such a such an influence. Um, why why would that, for example, be offensive? To, to, I, to I think just, the
0: larger question is, as you're saying, Scott. This is this is not necessarily. Uh, it, it might be done to show respect, and to us, it's hard to imagine why uh, something like that, just depicting someone, would be. A, a a sign of disrespect.
2: Um, yeah, that's what, I guess. That's what I'm getting at. Is it's it's obviously it is, and 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 obviously culturally there's a difference there. And I, I I'm I, you know I'm not blind to that at all. Obviously there's something we're not seeing um, about about that. But I'm just curious if that's if there's if it's every single case like no matter what if there's a depiction is offense. Automatic or well. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it is it is for Muslims consider offensive even if it's meant meant in a good way and uh, Although the reaction would differ however in Islamic belief you cannot depict the Prophet because There's nobody that there's no picture of the Prophet from the day when he was there So trying to imagining him is an insult for him because there's nobody that can give him his just in building an image of him a true image So maybe if there were cameras, photography at the time, or his his image was painted at the time, that wouldn't be as big a problem as it is now. It's just about you. nobody can actually depict the prophets in a, in, a, in a way that they can say, well, that's actually the prophet. And you can see that also about uh, Christ, Jesus, and you can see it about Moses. You can see different pictures, and they're all, always different because they were never real pictures about them. It's only people trying
0: to mm. imagine and build that image of those people. So you're saying that the fact that we are inaccurate is actually... An insult. If we can imagine that, I don't know, I'm going to think outside the box here, but let's suppose that someone gets a divine inspiration that tells him this is how uh, Muhammad looked like, draw his picture, and this is who he is, and it was correct, then it wouldn't be that big a deal. But since we can't really know, the fact that we're doing it incorrectly is, is, is an offense.
1: Yeah, that's, 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 that's the basics of it. Okay. And also we do come to the point where some uh, religious beliefs uh, in Islam, and most of them are the extreme or um, middle to the right, they, this, uh, they don't accept the uh, drawings or statues. They're okay. considered
0: anti-Islamic let's um, move along a little bit and uh, you're saying of course that some people think different things and I think it, everyone will understand but it's, it's good to, uh, to say it too uh, there are degrees in, in Islam uh, as there is in anything not only religion so we're not claiming that these uh, answers are uh, universal uh, but you, you did touch on something that I want a little bit of clari- clari- uh, clarification clarification um, <laughs> about uh, and that's the Sunni and the Shiite. What, what exactly is the difference between the the two um, sects? Can I say that they are yeah. sects or school of Islam?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, well, basically,
1: the Sunni they they are anti-central religious authority. They, they follow the Holy Quran and the Sunnah, which is the sayings and the doings of the Prophet. And uh, while the Shi'as are uh, a broken out sect that uh, happened in around 700 AD, I believe, or, so, or uh, later in 600 AD, and they believe that the uh, rule of the Islamic world should have continued within the descent of the Prophet uh, family, uh, basically his uh, nephew. Ali. And uh, they were basically Sunnis. However, throughout the years, they developed into a completely different sect where they have a religious authority, central religious authority, and they are divided into basically 13 different Shiad sects, uh, sects, and uh, they basically follow things that uh, Sunnis don't believe. One, of course, is the central religious authority and uh, other belief systems like uh, uh ashura the way they celebrate ashura they also uh respect and honor and visit the graves of uh, religious and uh, important people it's against uh, sunni islam to uh, build an o- monument on a grave and to visit it and to pray for the person there
0: okay um how do you become a Muslim? Is it through blood? Meaning, if your parents are, then you are. Do you need to be? I'm sorry, but baptized a Muslim, um, <clears throat> stuff like well, that. yeah. Well, you
1: do get born as a Muslim if your parents are Muslim. You're automatically considered a Muslim. So you don't and need
0: to be. You don't need to be sort of baptized because in, in the Christian no. faith, if you're not, if you can be born out of, out of a Christian family, if you're not baptized, then tough luck. You're finished. You're you know you're gonna burn in hell. No, no.
2: <laughs> some, some Christian faiths. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm sorry. That, that,
2: that's not everyone, but yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting take. Usually, like for example, in Mormonism, you're called what what's called a child of record until you're eight, and you're, that just means you're you know you're sort of there, you're with your family or whatever. You get baptized and you're eight, and then you're technically on the records of the church. I assume there's something. see. I'm like Patrick here. I'm assuming there's something similar with Muslims, but it sounds like it's just a birthright, or is there a way to join? I mean, how does that work?
1: Yeah, there is a way to join. But if, you, if you're if you born from a Muslim family, you're automatically a Muslim. And uh, unlike, uh, I believe, I don't know whether this is an entire Christian belief or is it just Catholic belief, that uh, they say that child is born with sin, As Muslims believe a child is born pure and clean. So it really comes to that. And you can convert I to like Islam.
2: I like that anybody. version better, by the way. You know what? It's funny, people. I'm just going to throw this out here, and we don't have to talk about it much. But people, there there are a lot of parallels in very basic, some basic fundamental belief systems between Mormonism and Muslims. Specifically, if you're a Catholic and you're a baby and you die before you're baptized, Patrick's right. The belief there is, and a Catholic, if if I'm doing, if I'm saying this wrong, a Catholic can correct me. But the understanding is that that kid's lost. You're done. You're in, you know, you're in whatever hell they they've decided you're going to, um, in the, in the, in Mormonism, uh, we believe children are innocent and if a child dies before they're baptized or they even have a choice or whatever, that, that we believe that that, that child is, is safe in the arms of Christ. We, it's not a, it's not an issue of, oh my gosh, this innocent child died and now he's in hell and what, you know, just cause we didn't get water to him quick enough. Um, it, that you know, I'm not knocking Catholicism, but it's one clear difference. It's interesting that that uh, this seems like one of the similarities that I keep hearing about is you know, between you know certain basic Muslim uh, beliefs and certain basic Mormon beliefs, and some Christ- other Christians as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's be all inclusive. So yeah, I don't in- <laughs> I don't want to
2: exclude anybody, but yeah, and it, so so I guess I guess my question is if let's say you had you were born into a Muslim family. Um, but three hours after you were born, let's say you were born on an airplane between Dubai and... <laughs> wow, well,
0: that's going to get complicated.
2: Du- Dubai, you're flying from Jordan to Dubai and the, and the baby's born on the plane because you just went into labor and there was no chance, you know, you couldn't land or whatever. And you're like, oh, phew, the baby's fine, everything's good. Whoops, someone opened the airlock and the baby flew out of the, the plane <laughs> and landed safely in the jungle someplace. <laughs> and gets raised by some indigenous people in the jungle and has no idea whose parents were or what happened. At the end of the day, is that is that kid still considered Muslim? I know it's a little stretch, but I'm just wondering, is it... Is, it, in, no. is there anything about upbringing or any of that that makes him Muslim, no, or is it, it just... It, yeah, it, it's all about
1: upbringing. And there is a saying by the prophet where it clearly says, and Sunnis so believe in this saying, that uh, a child is born pure at heart, believing in one and only God. However, his parents decide what faith he follows, whether he grows as a Jew, a Christian, or a Muslim.
0: Interesting. So, so what steps do you have to take to, become, to actually become a Muslim uh, after you're if born?
1: If you're born, you, there's no steps.
0: If you're raised as
1: a Muslim, it's just something that you're automatically a Muslim.
0: Okay, so there's no clear path like, you know, step <coughs> one, get baptized. Step two, get no. confirmation. No. You just no. have to learn about the Quran and, and yeah. the Muslim. Yeah, just, just study normal Islamic laws and things like that. How about someone that isn't born a Muslim? What's, uh, what do you need to do to become one? There's only one thing, one basic
1: thing to do to be a Muslim. is just to declare that there's no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his prophet. You declare that, you're automatically a Muslim. That's it.
0: And if you're born a Muslim and you think Buddhism is really cool and you'd rather be that... Uh, this one is a complicated one,
1: and it really comes down to who you talk to, who you ask. There's been a division. So I'm going to try to give you the different point of views. And when I'm saying this is my point of view, then keep in mind, most likely that means the minority m- point of view. Okay. If I say this is the general point of view, that's the most people believe. And then there's the point where people are divided on. So it's basically, not ex- it depends on who you talk to, so it's kind of 50-50. When it comes to changing religions of Islam, uh, depend, it, it's it's kind of a f- uh, like I would say about 80 percent, 50 to 80 percent of people believe that you cannot switch from Islam to another faith. If you do so, you, it's death penalty for you. So that comes down to that. I believe, and I believe uh, some people, uh, a minority do believe, and this is what I believe from learning what I learned about Islam, Islam uh, has always declared itself as a uh, a religion of choice. So, giving an option, if you pass, you're 18 years old, and you're considered officially an adult, then you could choose which faith, because nobody can force that faith on you. If you decide to leave it, then yes. Uh, the 5050 uh, division is some do believe what i'm saying however they also believe if you convert to islam as an adult and then decide to go back then you're officially considered the uh, uh, for the death penalty
2: hmm. so and uh, the, the death penalty because there's no like central control over anything does that death penalty just mean hey whoever's you know, lives near that guy, run down the street. No, and no. no. <laughs> there, there
1: is a central control, but it's not a religious central control. It's the ruler. The ruler is the one who has the right to decide whatever he thinks is right. He cannot uh, declare an, an Islamic law specific, but he does have the power to decide different things. And you're not about, allowed to do anything against his will.
2: And who, and who is, is he? Uh, uh, is, would that be like a father in a, in a f- home? Would that be like someone who runs no, a mosque? The ruler,
1: the, no, the ruler is the king, the president, the whoever is ruling the area, the uh, country. Okay. Okay. So it it's really comes up to what we call Wali Amr al-Muslimin or what uh, t- roughly translates as the uh, father of all the Muslims.
2: Okay, that's interesting because what I'm I'm falling into a typical American trap of what we're used to, which is law, like civic law and religious law, are two very separate things and never the twain shall meet. Um, but well, but it's interesting to hear this sometimes. point of view. Well, sometimes <laughs> they try well, not. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. It's well, in a, Islam, Islam is considered. Uh, Uh, governmental religion so it's a a religion that has laws. that and especially like countries like in Saudi Arabia specifically Saudi Arabia is based on Islamic law there's there's no civil law here in Saudi Arabia it's all Sharia law Uh, if you go to other Muslim countries they would have the basis would be Islamic law but they would have some civil law uh, in it to accompany other things but the basis would
0: be the Sharia law the Islamic law so we're t- saying that if someone stops being a Muslim, that he should suffer pen- penalty of death. Uh, is that like the theoretical thing that we read about in in the Quran, or does it actually happen in some places? Uh you know.
1: No, no. This is never written in the Quran, as far as oh, okay. I know, and as far as I studied the Islam and grew as a Muslim, it's never written in the Quran. This concept of that if you believe Islam, then you're punished, is based on that that when the Prophet uh, died, Muhammad died, uh, a group of uh, Muslims, so followers of him, in the central region of Arabia, decided not to to convert back to their own religions, and they refused to pay the new ruler. Who took over after muhammad abu Bakr? The uh, alms because muslims are required because I'll, I'll talk about this later but there are five pillars and one of the pillars of islam which is you have to do if you're a muslim is pay alms and which is a small amount of money whatever money you save throughout the year you have to take 2.5 percent of it out and give it to the poor so it's usually collected by the central government and then uh, divided to the poor. However, these people refused to give those alms, and Abu Bakr de- declared that he would he would fight them, and they called them uh, infidels who returned from Islam. And people are building on that. That's the reason he fought them is because they left Islam, and they're building that on that that uh, the punishment for leaving Islam is death. However. Historically, the reason he's fighting them is because they made a deal with the Prophet Muhammad and they broke it about pay, paying alms, and he's fighting them to protect that deal.
2: Interesting. So, is this is a bit like um, the Christian concept of of tithing?
1: Yeah, uh, basically, uh, since we're talking about this, that, uh, Islam is based on five pillars. Like, these five things are required by every Muslim, and if you're a Muslim, you're supposed to follow these five things. If you don't do one of these things, you're considered uh, someone who's uh, uh, punishable by uh, Islam. And these things are basically, the there are five pillars. The first pillar is to declare that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his prophet. You say that, you become a Muslim then you're required I,
0: I'm sorry just just a second about this can I just say this in my in my uh you know room in my home alone and that's it yeah. I'm a muslim
1: yeah yeah that's okay. it uh the second thing is required of you that you pray five times a day and the third thing you're required of you is that you fast during the holy month of ramadan and the fourth thing is to give alms to the poor which is the 2.5% of whatever money you save throughout a year and the final thing is for whoever is able, physically and financially, to perform pilgrimage to Mecca, Hajj, once in his lifetime, at least.
0: We spoke about this before, and uh, you told me that one of the things, one of the parts of this that was very misunderstood, was the, fact, the, the part where they say, if possible for you, Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, some is uh, it's considered a big deal. Doing pilgrimage for Muslims is considered a big deal, and some people actually suffer just to to go through it. They either too old, too weak, and they still go through it, or they're too poor. They actually end up. Uh, giving selling their homes just to go and do that and come back with There's no home left for them mm. just so they can and such people officially by Islamic law They're not supposed to do that And they're kind of in a way kind of sinful at doing such a thing because they should look at the, after themselves first And if they're able financially physically then they should go and do the pilgrimage
2: so people the for if they live super far away do the people that live close like, do the far away people get ticked at the close people? Like, for example, you're you're right there in town. So yeah. it's, like, you know, it's like an afternoon. And for yes. everyone else, you know, they're out traveling across the desert and doing all this stuff. Is there... Is there any kind of division? I, it seems a little silly, but I'm just curious if there's like a yeah, cultural division. Yeah,
1: actually there is. And it kind of has been a big problem here for uh, the government in Saudi Arabia. They, they've been having problems with people here, because, and it's really bothering a lot of people. They are people, not only in Saudi Arabia. They're people who come from outside the Saudi country. For some reason, they're able to get their visas. But mostly Saudi people, some of them actually do pilgrimage every single year, which is really annoying And it really bothers other people, either those who haven't performed their stuff, why is he able and we're not, or because they just put too much uh, traffic on the pilgrimage. Because usually, on average, there's about two and a half million people at the same moment and end up doing pilgrimage. So it's really, until recent years, I think they started last year, Uh, now to perform pilgrimage, if you're within Saudi Arabia, now you have to get a permit first and you're not allowed to permit except once every 5 years.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay. I was um, curious about that. Now, I, this brings back another point though. And I I may just be totally naive to how these two concepts work together, so I apologize if it comes off sounding stupid, but you mentioned that 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 Islam is supposed to be a it's a very personal religion. It's a religion that you study yourself. There's it is it is in fact laid out that there should not be a centralized, controlling governance over the religion. However, it seems in conflict. uh, And I don't want to talk about whether this is a good or a bad thing. I'm trying to reconcile it with myself, how all of that being true, yet there is central governance. There's like this leader of the town, province, or country that you mentioned who has to make the choice of whether or not somebody should be killed because they left the religion, or they've got to have governance to say, well, you can only get a permit every five years, or... You know they have all of these ruling groups and general schools of thought that seem like centralized religion in a in a weird way to me. Am I am I totally off off whack thinking that way?
1: Well, kind of, and uh, For example, when you're talking about the whole permit every five years, it's not about religion. This is basically about helping people, more people, to do the pilgrimage. It's kind of control. It's uh, organization, like if you have uh, the Super Bowl if you have all of these people if you allow, allow everybody to go in at the same moment and leave at the same moment it'll be a huge disaster so this is an organizational thing it's not really religious when it comes to right. this part right for but example. if you
2: what i guess what i'm saying is if your brother decides he wants to leave the faith and yeah well, why that is that? Why the, is that not a personal like thing for him to decide, and not for someone else to decide his fate or whatever. As I, I said, what
1: it is. really comes to the uh, what thought you're th- looking at, the, the group of thought. And as I said, for me, I would consider you're supposed to be allowed. There are people who think this people should be allowed. There are religious facts that say no, and he should be punished by death. And it's kind of really. And and the good thing about this is actually, it's a good thing that there is a higher authority that you can turn to. For example, in Saudi Arabia. There's no way the Saudi government would ever uh, execute anybody for converting from Islam The worst they would do is tell him pack your bags and leave the country So if, if there wasn't this strong uh, authority These religious groups would just take everything in their own hands and decide they are the law And that's basically what terrorists are doing They they believe they are, they're right, they just don't follow the uh, leader of the country, and they do whatever they believe is correct, and they end up killing and torturing people. Mm.
0: Um, I, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second, ask you one question, <clears throat> and then uh, answer a couple of questions I got on, on Twitter, one of which having to do with, uh, with terrorism. Um, first of all, what happens if you don't do these five things, if you don't follow the five pillars of, uh, of Islam?
1: uh it it also comes down to the ruler basically if you're you don't follow these five pillars uh the majority thought is that you're not a complete person a muslim and you're a sinner and you should be advised so usually they would people would approach you you know you should do this you should do that and so on and it's kind of some of these and most of these things are very difficult to follow so People cannot do them, and nobody would notice. You can pray at home. You can claim you're praying at home when you're not praying, so yeah. nobody can say you're um, not praying, and so on.
0: I, I guess my question was more, uh, and the other question going with that is, if there's a hell in in the Islam faith, um, if you don't do those five things, do you go to hell when you die?
1: Uh, that's what I think one of the things that makes Islam a unique, from Christianity, as far as I know, and as I say, I know more about Catholicism than other Christian faiths. So um, most of my knowledge is there. And uh, in Christianity, they would say either go to hell or heaven. There's no middle way. Hmm. Uh, however, in Islam, a person can actually go to hell even if he's a good Muslim, for, to be punished for whatever bad things he did, and then he can move on and go to heaven. So. There is a hell in heaven and you don't, it's not either
0: or, it could be both. So you still go on, it's, it's not your life that's going determine, to determine everything that happens after you're, you're, you die. You can still move on, uh, like, I don't know, go to hell for 10,000 years and then move on to heaven because you've been, you know, cleansed. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
2: Can I, uh, can I ask a question about the praying? Is it praying five times a day? Yes, five times a day. Is it specific times or, I mean, you know, for example, if I'm walking around in a mall in Dubai and, and I'm a Muslim and I do I hear like a bell at four o'clock and I just hit the dirt and go go to town or do I, when do I, when is yeah, it you, you, predetermined you would, time? You will hear the
1: adhan which is the calling of prayer. We don't have bells. So there's okay. a calling of prayer. <laughs> All right. We are not Christians. We don't ring bells to call people right. to come to Mass. But you would right. hear a calling of prayer. And you're supposed to head to the mosque. And and it's usually, it's a, there's a specific time when it's exactly the time the prayer time starts. And that's usually when people do prayers at the mosque. However, it's usually open. You have a, a period of time where you can do that prayer later alone or at home. So there okay, is a period. I, th- I like, always thought they
2: just had to stop, drop, and wherever you were, whatever you were doing, it was no, prayer no, time. No, no,
1: no, no, no. There's a period. Like for we have the noon prayer, which starts at exactly at noon, and goes all the way until afternoon. It's about three hours long, and then we have the afternoon prayer, and then there we have the sunset prayer, and then we have the night prayer, and then we have the
0: sunrise prayer and when you pray do you just recite verses and that's it or do you also have to i don't know send good thoughts in the universe or
1: no it's verses. it's a special right. uh way to pray uh move special movements read verses uh, special verses however you are allowed also within those verses like if you're done with the verses you can add whatever you want whether it's a prayer to god or whatever
0: you like mm-hmm. to say you can say and talk to god directly so um Can you ask for things for yourself? Can you pray for uh, Nintendo Wii? You can ask for anything. You can okay. pray for God for anything you like. <laughs> Good. Um, so, yeah, I was saying I, I just asked uh, people on Twitter uh, what their most common stereotype about uh, Muslims and Islam was. And I got a few answers. So I would like to submit them to you and uh, to get your reaction. Maybe we can do a, a few. So if you can um, if you can answer them, address them uh, as fast as you can, so we can get through a few of them. Um so the first one was uh, uh, Furey, I'm not sure I'm reading this right, but she she said, or he said, the picture is not very clear, I'm sorry if I'm uh, offending you. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, all Arabs are Muslim is one of the stereotypes.
1: Is that yeah, that, that's, that's a mistake. Uh, not all Arabs are Muslims and not all Muslims are Arabs. Arabs are, there are Christian Arabs, they are actually Jewish Arabs. So
0: no, and that's not correct at all. Okay, okay. Um, uh, a couple of people said they are terrorists. I think he means it jokingly um, but how do you it ties into another uh, question which is um, in general, do Muslims feel threatened by or think poorly of typical westerners and specifically american uh, that 's a question by Lancer X. So I would have to to merge the two into one, which would be, you know, if we all think if we think that you you guys are all terrorists, do you in return um, think poorly of all of us?
1: Well, basically, if if all Muslims are terrorists, then all Christians are terrorists. After all, we do have the IRA, we have the militias in the U.S., we have a lot of Christian groups who are
0: terrorists well, officially. Well, I. Uh, so. I would at at the risk of being of being <laughs> inflammatory, I would say that there are more uh more in numbers and more threateningly uh Islamist uh terrorists at the moment. I mean you might consider that the Inquisition was the biggest terrorist group ever, maybe. But
2: uh I I
1: would consider the Crusades the biggest terrorist group ever. Yeah, that's the, what the, I meant. The Inquisition The <laughs>
2: biggest the biggest problem with all of this with this particular topic is the label itself, because yeah. it, it you could easily say uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy that blew up the federal building in, uh, in Oklahoma in 95. Yeah. Yeah. You, could call that guy, you could call that guy a jerk. You could call him a fundamentalist freak show. You could call him a white supremacist. You could call him an anti-government nut job, or you could call him a terrorist. And it seems to me that that, that term is so, at least in the last eight years or so, has been so freely you know, slapped onto various things that it's, it's a very dangerous thing for, for us in the Western world to do. Um,
1: Well, actually, actually, that is true. And uh, for example, one of the biggest problems uh, with the word terrorism, people do hear and find offended, is, for example, calling Hamas a terrorist group. Now, I'm no fan of Hamas. I'm anti-Hamas. I think Hamas is doing everything wrong, and they are a danger to the Palestinian people. However, Hamas is not a terrorist group. They are freedom fighters, and they won free elections, and nobody treated them as as a as a group that won free elections and they were treated as terrorists so that's the problem the real problem with muslims with the western world is not individuals it's not with you scott not with you patrick it's not with the person walking on the street muslims really have huge problems with the governments the way the governments react to these uh, to the, their countries and their people for example, the U.S. government is one of the most hated governments in the in the world, and you can actually go on the street and talk to people, and and many of them would actually tell you that there's a difference. They don't have something against U.S. people, citizens, but they do have a problem with the U.S. government, and so on.
0: Right.
2: So you, now, they make so, that distinction. It, yes, they it, actually. But do. It, but do you feel like that's a that's a distinction made, or or a problem created in? the last decade that, or maybe more, but do you feel like there's any, any shift in that thinking with our new president, with a general sense of, you know, we've well, got to get out from underneath this oppressive sort of everyone's a terrorist and, you know, we're going to blow everything up to prove it and stuff. Do you feel like there's a change in the wind or no?
1: Well, yeah, the, most people in the Muslim world, at least that I know of, uh, are waiting and to see. And as uh, President Obama said, uh, it's not my words. You just wait and see my deeds. So that's what our people are waiting. They're going to see what's going to happen. And they're hoping for the best. People are not really thinking things are going to change. They're just saying, well, let's wait and see. Maybe there's something going to happen. Who knows? But nobody's
0: really excited and overjoyed. But there's not a blanket. They're all asses and we don't want to talk to them.
1: Well, there thinking. are. You would find. Oh, sure. That, I mean, it depends on, on yeah. every person. Yeah, but but, but, but okay. uh, I would consider that a minority.
0: Okay, um, another uh, couple of questions from Twitter. Mashup Man asks, uh, says that one of the stereotypes is walking in front of their women in public, and Hokito also says lack of uh, women's rights, uh, which you know can lead us to the the topic of women in general, and you know the fact that uh, Muslims have multiple wives. Like Mormons, like I was saying. Um,
2: (laughs) No, they don't. Um, But yeah, yeah, so
1: I know Scott has 10.
2: Yeah. I keep him in the basement. This was actually on my list, too, because the whole women thing seems, um, you know, I'll I'll tell you there is a stereotype in Utah specifically that all women are to stay home and raise kids and keep having kids and not go to work. And so you mean the stereotype actually exists? Oh, or, that stereotype definitely exists. the whether as it being a true thing, no, it, it's not right, true. Right. Okay. Um. And but but that's my point. So I come to this topic of women in the Middle East and, and in Islamic, in the Islamic faith. I come to it not naive, thinking that on the surface, oh look, they're all wearing black burkas and what a horrible thing and what a horrible suppression. I know it's more complicated than that. I would love to hear more about about how that that is set up or why it is the way it is or or what it actually is because my guess is most people's guesses would be wrong it's such a culture shock to see that that you know i i can't imagine probably the complexity involved with with why it is the way it is and and in my thinking that all of them feel like horrible rep- repressed women is probably not accurate so so what is the the truth about before before
0: you answer Turkey I just want to say for the record that even though I'm sure there's a lot of uh, cultural and religious reasons for the way women are treated in in some Islamic countries I think there's that's a point where I have to say as a woman's right advocate that's not you know that's something that shouldn't be the way it is and culture uh, cultural uh, relativism is not an excuse for that but you know that's the woman in me speaking
2: Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) We call her Sheila. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: That woman was really starting to worry me. (laughs) 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 So, Uh, uh. the, the topic of women in Islam would need a whole episode itself. However, let's try to do it this way. First of all, what people, many people think that women are abused or women are oppressed and so on, please... Go and talk to those women, and I guarantee you. For example, and I, I was shocked myself, but this is true. In Saudi Arabia, like, I would estimate at least 60% of women in Saudi Arabia would refuse to take off their uh, veil. Because they believe in it. They wear it willingly by themselves. There, so
2: they would, least... so the, assumption, the assumption by some Western minds that they are, they are doing that out of fear, you say, is not true.
1: I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying it's not entirely true. There are few, some that who do without the fear. However, the majority are supportive of this. And you would know that when you see them traveling overseas, because they're not even forced overseas when they're traveling, and you find a lot of women covering up from Saudi Arabia. So that comes down to a uh, second point that we have uh, the whole veil thing. There's, there, there are three different views about the veil. There, There's the view uh, that says women have to cover up completely, including their face. Then we have the second view that women should just dress up and cover their body completely in anything decent and cover their hair. Their face is okay to be seen. And then there's the minority who believe the veil isn't even part of Islam. And that's a very small minority. So, and even, so the question
2: is, though, even if that's true, though, if they don't... if they I guess where Patrick is probably coming from and where most Western minds are coming from is we see this as, okay, well, that's cool. The ones that really believe in it and wear it, gotcha, awesome, good on you, you look great, keep it up. Where where I break down is when they say if they decide they don't want to wear that stuff, then they're and, busted, yeah, right? They're in trouble.
1: That and really depends on who, where you're talking to. And so they're ABS. Yes, they would be busted and they're in trouble. In countries like Egypt is normal. you find a lot of women walk out around without veils. There in Jordan and, and almost every other Arab country, uh, an Islamic country, basically. The, the Saudi Arabia might be one of the, the only or one of the few exceptions in the Islamic world where it's considered law that you're supposed to cover up. Yeah. And it really comes down to the fact that Saudi Arabia is, is based on Islam so much and there's too much authority for religious leaders in this country. And, in general, women do have a lot of rights, and considering uh, the, right, the civil rights they have right now are, uh, in, the, in the Western world, it's great. But if we compare religious rights when it comes to religion, we'll find that Islam has one of the biggest uh, rights for women con- compared to other religions as well. So, uh, and uh, it's, Even it, compared to Christianity? Yeah, even compared to Christianity. I mean, the as a state religion. of
0: Christianity today.
1: I'm not. Saying, no, you know. no, no. I'm talking about the Christianity as it is. Okay. It's the origin of Christianity. Christianity evolved and added and uh, removed, mm. and it's it's kind of not the same Christianity like in 600 A.D. Sure. So and 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 uh, Islam came at the time when women actually were treated poorly and it actually saved and helped women at the time. For example, uh, in uh, when the day Islam came into this in the Arab uh, peninsula, it was a tradition that getting uh, if your uh, wife has a child that it's a girl, it's an insult to you and they would take that girl and bury her alive the baby And that's one thing that Islam abolished immediately and and so on. And one other thing, for example, women were not allowed to inherit anything. Islam abolished that and gave them some rights, not equal to man, but at least they do have rights to inherit. So there is rights in Islam. It's, uh, talk, okay, it depends on who you talk. Some would say it's perfect, some would say it's not perfect, and some would disagree uh, completely on both points. And it really comes down to the person you're talking. There are rights, there are different views, and it's a very complicated. As I said, it would take a whole episode just to talk sure. about this.
0: Just one thing that I wanted to say, I didn't want to interrupt, but when you were saying most women would um, want to wear the veil and things like that, first of all, you said 60%, which is probably a a large number, but it still means that 40% wouldn't want to and they can't. And the other thing I want to say is that in every form of system of belief or society, you're going to find people who are happy with their condition. And I'm sure that you could have found Slaves in the U.S. who were happy to be slaves, or maybe not happy, but who would have said, "You know, I'm I have a fine life and I'm I'm good like this. I wouldn't want a different life." So Since you wanna... mentioned slave, actually, slaves in this country this country abolished slaves in seventy six. Sure,
2: and, yeah.
1: and 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 slaves. Most of the slaves who were
0: abolished refused to leave their owners. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly my point. Um, so it doesn't mean that that. Okay, let, let's, let's move on from, from the topic of women with one last question, though. What about those multiple wives? Do you all have 20 wives waiting, waiting to nag you at night Patrick when you come back question. from work? It's like
2: your uh, favorite question. <laughs>
1: uh, you've been waiting all <laughs> so, yeah. this time just to say it. Okay, first of all, Islam only permits four wives maximum. You're not allowed to have more than four wives as uh, maximum. Okay. Second of all, the majority of people, Muslims, only have one wife. The majority have only one wife. Having more than one wife is the exception; it's not the norm.
2: And, They're just allowed to go for if they
1: want. Yeah, they are allowed to go more than one. And when it comes to my personal opinion, there is a rule. In the quran that uh, which makes it possible for you to have more than one and personally i believe this rule nobody can follow that rule so officially in my point of view islam forbids marrying more than one and that okay. rule is to marry a second or a third or a fourth you are required by islamic law to treat them all equally
2: and you don't think it's possible i don't
1: think anybody can treat women equally
2: I think, one woman, is I think one, with five one woman is in. more than enough. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you, if the three of us lived in an apartment with maybe Randy Jordan, that's four of us, <laughs> I, I, we're, it's going to get to the point where we're not being treated equally and not in a bad way even necessarily, but it's not going to be equal. I guess I can yeah. kind of see your point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's it. Interesting. Um, another question, um, that's not from Twitter. Um, it is Islam, we, we were talking about uh, terrorists and the fact that, uh, you know, some fringe uh, of the Islamic faith is sometimes more violent, but there's also thought of Islam itself as a maybe more violent religion uh, than other religions. Uh, and I, I'm sure that there are ways to interpret each religion in a very violent way, but it sometimes feels like. Uh, in in Islam, you know, infidels have to be killed or converted, and there is no other choice. And no, that's, you know, that's a mistake. That's, okay, so yeah, what's your that's take not on
1: true. That? And, and and to prove that's not true, read the history books about Andalusia, read the, the history books about Iraq, Iran, and all of those countries. And if you actually read Jewish book, you would find that Jews believe the best time in their history in modern time was under Islamic rule. They had the most freedom and they were treated equal. So the, the, it's, it's, uh, to call Islam as a religion of fighting or hate or blood is completely uh, not true. And if you really know the real Islam, you would know that it's actually a religion of uh, love and uh, good faith. And for example, by Islamic law, if you go to war, the soldiers are required by Islamic law if they are approaching the enemy one not to destroy any trees two, not to kill any women or children three anybody that goes inside their house and locks their door and not fight they're not allowed to enter those homes and try to kill them
0: mm. so why do you think it is that the 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 source of you know the, the Islam is today a source of violence in so it's, it's, many respects it's
1: the interpretation people okay. like, so any just other religion, just like any other
0: religion it's, yeah, it's just like any not,
1: other religion they just manipulate the words interpretate it in the way they like and just go out on massacring people
0: you don't think that the the no centralized uh, uh, authority encourages the the violent fringes though because you know you can say if if you don't have a central authority to refer to you you might you know follow that one crazy guy who says we have to kill everyone.
1: Uh, there's central authority in Christianity, and we still see the same thing happening there.
0: Uh, yeah, well, maybe not today, but sure it did. <laughs> very good point.
2: That's a uh, very good point. If you look at the Crusades, I mean, that was yeah. obviously a very central authority and talk about you know yeah. a horrible time of violence against Muslims specifically. But I still come down to this thing where I have a good deal of respect for a religion where they have where they're so central in their I don't want to say dogma, it's not the word, but they're so central in what their doctrine is and, and, and how it's given to their people, because if something goes bad, you can kind of point right to the the organization and say, you guys have got a problem here. And if Use things go good, man. you can point to them as well and say, wow, look how well you've led your people to do good things in this world or whatever. It seems like I then also have a lot of respect for the far other end where it's, One guy who has his own personal belief system, who is not pressing it upon others, who does not judge others for what they choose to do, is only concerned about trying to do the best he can, and if somebody else offends him or whatever, he just quietly moves along and does his thing. It's the stuff in the middle where it's sort of kind of controlled by some groups, and there's different schools of thought, and one school of thought is very violent, and they skip over the stuff about peace and love, and then you got another half that is all big on the peace and love stuff, but they are hated by the guys who are more violent and and yet they all claim to be muslims it's a or, or any religion like any you know any offshoot the guy that like i said earlier the guy that blew up that federal building claimed to be a rock hard white american christian you know doing doing what needed to be done and so you, um,
0: you either like a catholic the catholic church or the guys who hug trees in
2: meadows well I, you know, the, I doubt.
1: he's entered the Catholic
2: Church, considering the Inquisitions, <laughs> the Crusades. Yeah, but see, at <laughs> least see, there's there's a case where you knew who to blame. But but aside from all of that, and that doesn't you know just because you know who to blame doesn't take away the the centuries of human suffering and all the other issues that come with that. Um, but it just seems to me that all the world's issues comes down to people interpreting what they believe in any any religion well the and problem I, is you I just wish there was more more of a secular take on things I wish there was more of a general code of ethics we do not judge each other we do not hurt each other we don't steal each other's stuff and if we have beliefs about god or our origins or the universe or whatever we kind of keep those to ourselves and within our families and and, and 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 only really have those things be prominent in our lives as they affect our ability to be good influences and to help people and to actually be a force of good in the world. And, and I'm not saying there aren't Muslims like that. Certainly there are. I'm not naive to that. I, I'm in fact, I'm one hundred percent sure that the majority of Muslim people ha- have nothing but the but the best of intentions every, each and every day. It's just that sometimes it's always these extreme fringes, always. In the case of the uh, the the uh, Crusades, that might have been a different case because it was a very you know, it was like it's like Nazi Germany in a way.
1: You well know, the whole wo- thing is based on media. It all comes down to media. And no matter what time and what period it all comes to the media and the information people receive. And really, it comes down to that. And as I said, uh, I I would never declare that Islam was the, it's perfect or that the Islamic uh, governments or rural countries and rules throughout history have been perfect. I'm sure there have been abuses. I'm sure there have been trouble. But overall the basics is it's been a very good history for islam throughout uh, throughout time and as i said just you need to read books about and the one example you just need to read about santa lucia in spain and you can see islam as it's supposed to be
0: hey i have a question that might settle this for all of us here uh, which is maybe obvious but for some reason we didn't think to ask it before what do the Muslim people in general think of Al Qaeda and you know the famous terrorist groups? It really comes down to who you ask and what the,
1: Again, and yeah. what what reactions they have about different things. Uh, most Muslims, when it comes to terrorist attacks, uh, especially like the terrorist attacks in Iraq, where civilians are killed, either. Bombing a market or something, the majority are against that, and they believe that's completely wrong, uh, and they're anti such acts. Uh, most, uh, many Muslims, especially in countries like for, where, especially in countries where uh, there's low education, there's a low percentage of education in the population, like Pakistan it's just so easy to manipulate such people and they actually view Qaeda and people like that as heroes and saviors of Islam and fighting the devil Hmm. so it really comes down to the
0: media the education and the people so for those people there's a true belief that they are on the side of of good and they are are fighting the devil
1: yes and as I said it comes down to education and media as a central force for this,
0: um, I guess we could talk about this for a long time. I just have a couple of uh, questions again to go back to a more day-to-day, everyday life uh, aspect of the the Muslims' lives. There is a lot of talks. Maybe it's just the Taliban, but the relationship between um, Islam and things like, you know, what you can and can't do, especially what you can't do, like listening to music, uh, drinking, smoking. What can you not do that you, Turkey, know that we uh, in the Western world do every day? Uh, What can you guys not do and why? Well, there
1: there are basics in Islam that are clearly forbidden. For example, eating pork. That's completely forbidden in Islam. Uh, Drinking alcohol. That's absolutely forbidden in Islam. Any, so, you can never drink alcohol ever? No, you, you could never drink alcohol or eat pork, period. Those those are central in Islam. That doesn't mean that uh, all Muslims follow it, but those are central. And, like, those are clear. Things oh, that are bacon, forbidden.
2: dude, bacon. <laughs>
1: no, no bacon, man. No bacon for us. So,
2: so, don't... so I, you know what? That's interesting. You get, Is it is it a health code? Is that why no pork knows? A drinking, yeah, it or? really
1: it really it really depends on who you're talking to and there there's not an exact reason that's declared in Islam. However there are writings from the days of the Prophet trying to explain why. And one of the reasons pork is considered a dirty animal and it's not healthy stuff like that their alcohol is considered a dangerous thing that could uh, make you unable to think straight uh, commit crimes and stuff like that so there's there's different but these are the clear one of the uh, two of the some of the two clear things uh no gambling is allowed also so these three are forbidden absolutely clearly in the quran then you have the other things that are controversial things like in Taliban, they banned music, they banned t v These are controversial. You find people who believe in that view that is forbidden. You have people who believe no, it's okay uh, they banned uh, in Taliban, you were forced to grow a beard. It was required by Taliban law to grow a beard. If you're not growing a beard, you're punished and then we also have that's also a divided thing with Muslims. Some believe you have to grow a beard, others don't
2: believe so. so Where really get the, get the beard thing is it How's that? Where is that indicated for them to even take that and run with it?
1: And and that, and that most of these controversial things, like the beard thing, are they're controversial because they're not in the Quran. They're not clear. They are adopted from the Sunnah and the sayings and the doings of the Prophet. And during the days, everybody grew a beard in the days of the Prophet. There's some hadith that actually says you're supposed to grow a beard. So they're basing their thoughts on that.
2: Interesting. Hmm. Okay. I'm... I don't want a beard. (laughs) Good to know. I think that's what we should take uh,
0: from this conversation. I don't want a beard. beard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Hey,
1: if you don't have a beard, you're not a real man. (laughs) So
0: you have a mustache, don't you, Turkey? (laughs) Yeah, I have a mustache. Yeah, there you go. Real men (laughs) have mustaches. Wow, that's going to take us in a weird direction. Um, um, actually, actually, in the Islamic and Arab world in general, it's considered a
1: bad thing not to have a mustache. A, a I got how, one last like... question.
2: One last question that I think is interesting. Go ahead. Techno- even technology even two, here, if you want to. Here, Here we are talking on Skype, and that means computers, and that means technology and internet and electricity and all these things. I think there's a pretty broad base of people who have either the conception or misconception that if you're a good Muslim, you basically go Amish on everything and don't use electricity t v um, and you mentioned a little bit of that, but again, is that who you talk to and where you are and that kind of stuff
1: No that doesn't even exist in Islam
2: Interesting. So, so yes, yeah. Well, I wouldn't think so because even, no, even the terror, even
1: problem. People... The problem uh, the people, with the extreme or the extra uh, ultra religious people would have is TV, for example, and not because TV in general is bad, but because you can see bad things on it. So just get rid of it for good. I see. So I it's see. Stuff like that. Uh, electricity is not bad, so you can have electricity for. Stuff like that really comes to if 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 they believe this thing can actually bring bad, they usually throw it out.
2: When my mom, when I was a teenager, my mom may have been an extremist because she wouldn't let me watch Three's Company and wanted the TV out of the house. So I'm starting (laughs) to think there's a connection there somehow. Come
1: on, you want to watch uh, gay guys staying with two? girls yeah dude
0: You're not supposed to watch stuff like that then you'll turn gay <laughs> threes companies make you makes you gay yeah but i heard that's, what, that's what i heard too okay well if you don't have any more questions i know you have to go soon scott um, i do so, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, of course, Turkey for giving us a, a small glimpse of what the the islam faith and and the Muslim people uh, are like. I hope uh, you, you guys listening uh, learn a learned a thing or two uh, during this hour uh, together. Um, this is probably the first of a, a few specials that uh, I want to do. so the first one was obviously uh, Islam. I think the, the next ones will be interesting also, but I will weave them into the regular uh, monthly shows that we do about uh, about you know general news. Uh, so as I was saying, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, is there anything you want to pimp uh, shows TV uh, not TV, but uh, internet things, your Twitter accounts.
2: Uh, of course, uh, Let me if people don't know who I am or what I'm up to, you can follow me at just just about everything I'm up to at MyExtralife.com. If you're into World of Warcraft, I do a show called The Instance that Patrick is also featured on. You can find that at TheInstance.net, and you can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Extralife.
0: Fantastic. Turkey, where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, you can try and follow me on Twitter, which is Twitter.com slash Saudi,
0: and uh, I try my best right there. Awesome. And uh, so, of course, you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at twitter.com slash notpatrick. That's me. And uh, the website is com. Of course, you can go there and comment. If you have any questions you want to ask about this show or any other, you can go there and uh, comment on the, the, the article. Send me an email. The All the information is there. We have a forum over there also. Lots of goodies for you to enjoy. And that's going to be it for this episode. I thank oh, you. And don't forget, yep.
1: anybody have any more questions? Just send it to Patrick, and I'll try to answer them for you.
0: You will, or you're yep. just being you're just joking so that <laughs> I get flooded with email. <laughs> no,
1: I'll try to answer them.
0: You, they can flood you with email. I'm cool. not giving my email. I want them to flood you. <laughs> okay, I will. You know what? I'll, I'll transfer them to you, and you'll uh, let <laughs> me know what, what the answers are, and that I'll I'll transmit that. Um, so thank you very much for following the show uh, and we will talk to you on the next one which will come at the end of the month uh, thanks a lot and talk to you soon guys bye thanks see ya.